Hello and welcome to the Wellbeing Wanderer podcast. I'm your host, Kat Burdett, wellbeing coach, eternal nomad, and self-love enthusiast. Come join me on a journey as I deep dive into what it really takes to achieve that happy, content state of being. The goal of this show is to bring you those feel-good vibes, expand your learning, and encourage your own personal growth so that you can discover what well-being means for you. I'll be exploring every and any genre, including health, mindset, spirituality, and much more. So get ready for a juicy, mind-opening, raw, and real experience when no topic is off-limits. I hope this helps you to feel good. Hello, hello, beautiful people. Welcome back to the Wellbeing Wanderer podcast. How are you doing? I hope you're having an amazing week. Before I start on my rambling today, I just wanted to say thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you to everybody who's been listening every week to the podcast show. It really, really means a lot to me. And if you haven't already done so, then What's really going to help the show to grow bigger and better is for you to hit that subscribe or follow button. So if you don't mind just doing a two second thing, it would actually make such a massive, massive difference to me and to the show. From the bottom of my heart, thank you so much. Now, I have an amazing guest for you today such a beautiful, beautiful person, someone who I've actually gotten to know a little bit personally. We've been both doing a a course together and her name is Lauren Flack. She is a somatic movement and voice coach and she has been on quite a journey. She comes from the performance background, so she wanted to be on the stage, she wanted to be a singer And she started to experience a a lot of tension and stress in her body. And it was really holding her back in her singing career. And she realised she was never going to be able to move forwards in her career. And that these signs of tension were her body's way of trying to get her to listen and take action. So now it's become her mission in life to empower fellow humans with the knowledge that our deepest happiness will be found in the connection and relationship that we have with our body. This is such an informative and fascinating and very helpful conversation, especially, you know, if you're someone who's suffering with tension and stress and aches in your body, it's going to be quite liberating for you to hear this conversation. So without further ado, here is the wonderful Lauren. Hello, Lauren, and welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you here. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you. I'm very excited to be here too. And can I just say how I I follow you on Instagram and I think you're wonderful and I think your energy is infectious and so positive. So I'm really happy to be here. Oh, thank you so much. That's so, so kind of you. And uh, yeah, what a lovely compliment to receive. (laughs) Fully Mm -hmm. received. Thank you. Thank you. Well, Lauren, there's a question I like to kick the show off with um, that I ask all my guests. And that question is, what does well-being mean to you? Well, I think that is such an amazing question. I'm sure you could do a whole podcast just on that question, because there's the elements that we all know that are the obvious ones, like eating right, 
exercising, affirmation, self-care. But I think sometimes we might be in danger of going through the motions of those things. Like, you know, maybe on Instagram, look at me, I'm doing well-being. And it, it can be quite superficial, potentially. And for me, I think perhaps an element that people potentially might miss out on a little bit is taking space and time to connect with the true wisdom of the body, which we need to find space in our life to listen to it. You know, I meditate every day and have done for about five years now. And it's only through that evolving practice that I feel like I've got down to a sense of what makes me well is this connection to my heart as well as the eating right and the exercise and all those. But it's this deep knowing and deep listening to the wisdom in my body, which is transient as well, isn't it? I don't think we don't own well-being. We don't suddenly achieve it. It's something that is going to evolve throughout our whole life as we grow, as we mature, as we go through different aspects of our life. And it won't always necessarily feel good either. You know, we think being well means that we should perhaps feel full of energy all the time and ready to take life on. But I feel like that's perhaps unrealistic. We are on this roller coaster. And if we can just get to this place of surrender where we trust ourselves and we trust our ability to um, to cope with life, no matter what it looks like. That's well-being. But also, I think for me, something that I learned through my spiritual practice is that well-being can be quite me, me, me orientated. And actually, I think well-being is self, of course, but also other. If we can think about other as part of our well-being, you know, we're all in this life together. We're on this planet. We're in this universe. There's something greater than just my well-being and once I've tuned into that aspect of my life and my journey it feels more meaningful somehow so it's this this whole deep layered question isn't it it's a fascinating question and um yeah and I feel like I've dedicated my life to discovering what that is for me mm. I'm learning every single day every single day and I I love it it's fascinating Wow, what an incredible answer. And you made so many good points there that I just I want to dive into just off the bat there. And um, like you say, I really love the point that you say there about well-being being this journey, because it's not a destination, it is a journey. And that's what a lot of people don't understand. And a big piece to what I teach is to understand that life is not linear and it goes up and down. And so it is really just about uh, appreciating, accepting and moving with the flow of life. And also the part where you said about tuning into yourself. And this is one of the core things that I feel that we're missing today is the fact that we don't take time to be with ourselves, to tune in, to slow down mm. and to just be in that space within us. And actually it's, it's like the classic, you can't help someone else until you help yourself. And so, yes, in a way it is kind of a little bit selfish to a sense, but you're doing it to be selfless because the more you connect with your being, with yourself, and the the more that you feel that wellness and that, and that health and happiness, 
then it means you're going to be able to serve others more. So yeah, I absolutely 100% love and resonate with that answer. Yeah, it starts with us, doesn't it? And then we can find the space to give to others. And I think you're right. It's a shame that well-being in this deep sense isn't isn't a natural part of our society somehow. Like I've got two teenage boys and my wellness side of my life, they're a bit roll their eyes at it, you know. It's they associate it with um, you know, spirituality and hippie kind of vibes and meditating and breath work. They see it as something outside of themselves. But um I think this is our natural state of being. And if we, you know, look back hundreds of thousands of years when man was first roaming the earth. All he had was his his relationship with his nervous system and his environment and his intuition. And now it's all that intuition is drowned out by a hectic society. And of course, we have to embrace our society and how technology is racing ahead. But we're in danger of losing connection with this deep sense of what it is to be human and yeah. to love. And, and I feel quite sad about it, actually, because with my children, I can see them growing up in a world that it causes me issues with them every day, how much they're on their devices and their Xbox and and how at school they're taught so many things on the curriculum. But how amazing if they were taught about self-reflection and meditating every morning like it is in some Eastern countries is just part of their everyday school life. What a difference that would make to yeah and how our young girls and young boys are growing up in this really complicated scary world yeah 100 percent. yeah oh yeah so much so much juiciness to that <laughs> that answer and what you just explained there but I wanted to before we go too deep with that I wanted to for you to introduce yourself to everybody listening because you've just said some really beautiful deep things there that I completely am on board with and resonate with and so I'd love for everyone to hear you know who are you and what do you do <laughs> oh well um I'm Lauren and I'm a single mom I'm 51 years old and I'm a singing teacher and a somatic movement coach um the reason why I, well, I wanted to be a famous singer and actress when I was younger. So I went to drama school and I did do that life for a while, but it's it's a horrendously hard life, you know? It's um, a lot of rejection. And I wasn't mature enough to be able to cope with it, actually. If I knew now, uh, if I knew then what I know now, I'd maybe have more of a chance of success. But I think um, I think I was looking to be a famous singer and actress to hide from myself, really, if I'm honest, when I look back on my life now. But I did have a love for performing and singing. And I used to, my life was very much using my body, you know, dancing and performing. I was in shows. I was, I've, I've toured, uh, done national tours. I've worked abroad. I've worked on cruise ship for years. I've done the West End. I've got, I had quite a lot of experience, but ultimately um, it was too much of a slog. And my dream kind of started to um, become too much hard work and I didn't have financial support. So, you know, I had to do lots of other jobs on the side and slowly but surely the, um, the love of performing drained out of me. But what I realized that I did love was teaching. 
and learning about my body and learning about tension that was getting in the way of my performance and my singing. And this is what led me on to being trained in somatic movement. Seeing that my students coming in to develop their voices, if I only approached their voice from their breath and their vocal folds and above their vocal folds, I was missing out on this whole lot of information from their body and the way that they stood in their posture and the way that they, you know, their life, the way that their life was reflected in their posture and their muscles. And I remember one student, she came to me for years and I always sensed that she was holding on to her throat. No matter what I did, she couldn't let go. And I realized I was missing a big important part of the jigsaw. And so I started to look at her, her whole body and I realized that she was clenching her glutes. And so I asked her about it and she said, and I said, oh, are you clenching your glutes? And she said, yes. And I'm like, why? And she said, well, because she was about 18 at this point. And she said, when I was eight, I was a ballet dancer and my ballet teacher told me that my pelvis was stuck out too much. So she told me to tuck it under. So she'd adopted this piece of information as we do when we're really young. And she'd started to clench her glutes, which was causing this knock-on effect throughout her whole body. So her center of gravity was kind of off. Therefore, muscles that should be available to breathe properly, to be open and resonant in your throat, couldn't, they couldn't let go. They were stopping her from falling over. And it was very subtle, but I just suddenly, like a light bulb moment. And so from then on, I started to look at biomechanics of the body, how people hold on to tension, but we lose awareness of that. We end up holding on to tension and we become desensitized to it because we're doing it every single day of our lives. And especially if our jobs or hobbies demand us to be in certain positions a lot or using just one side of our body or something like that, then the body has to react and cope, and it will, because our bodies are incredibly intelligent and adaptive and flexible, but eventually it will come back to bite us if we're not aware of how we're kind of abusing our bodies, even just by the way that we're sitting, the shoes that we're wearing, the handbags that we've got over one shoulder, all that sort of thing. Um, and of course, this then connected to performance. And then I realized that I just had this love for the body. Wow. And the secrets it can tell us. And it's whispering to us all the time, isn't it? And uh, yeah, so it just developed into at the moment. I'm, I still teach singing as well, but I feel like more focused on the somatic movement. Though it is both, but yeah. Wow, that's incredible. I love your journey. And how you went from that whole world to then, yeah, just focusing in on the body like that. And while you were talking, it got me thinking about how that is so true, what you say, like, we do all hold tension in places and we don't know we're doing it. I remember I used to um, grind my teeth at night, which is a sign of stress. And I was very stressed before. But today I... I've noticed recently this tension in my stomach. Like it never feels, I always feel like a tightness here. And I've been practicing very recently in the past couple of weeks, just really relaxing and actually doing that through, it sounds kind of strange, but through imagining like my heart opening and mm -hmm. kind of softening. And as I do that, 
this tension falls away. It's almost like a blockage between the hearts and the solar plexus. It's really interesting. So it got me thinking there as you were talking, you know, what role do emotions play in the tension? And I'm sure it's a massive one. Absolutely. I think, again, maybe a reflection of our society, we can think that tension is happening to us. You know, like, oh, how annoying, I, I've got a bad back, or oh, my shoulders are tense. And I think we can forget that muscles don't tense for no reason. They're only tensing because they're being sent a signal by the brain, by our somatic nervous system, to tense in a reaction to our environment. So we have what's called a sensory motor feedback loop. So we have, you know, our nervous system, we have different branches of our nervous system. So we've got the autonomic part of our nervous system, which, as we know, is breathing, the heart beating, things that will happen whether we're conscious of it or not. And then we have the somatic nervous system, the peripheral nervous system that is responding to our environment and we are in direct voluntary control of. And muscles and tension come under this umbrella of the nervous system. So while I'm sat here now, my body is picking up signals from my environment, whether I'm hot, cold, hungry, whether I'm excited to be talking to you or a bit nervous, it's just, and it's informing how I use my muscles. But what can happen is, say we are faced with so many stresses in this modern life. You know, our phones are pinging at us all the time. It's very difficult to turn off life. So we're being put under stress continuously and it becomes something that is the norm. But what we don't realize is our body doesn't know that we're living in this modern life and that that email isn't life-threatening. So we respond in, um, in a fight or flight way, or we might go into freeze. And our muscles are constantly being put into responses of our mindset. Um, um, the way that the nervous system works is that habits that we do every day, anything we repeat, we become really good at, as we all know, whether that is something good for us or bad at us, for, for us. So if we've got a high pressure job and we're always feeling slightly overwhelmed, then our body thinks we're under constant threat. But we don't run away from the threat because that's what it would want us to do, either to run away and escape and then we can let go of the tension that we've held in our muscles for action, or we can go and hide until the, the, the threat has vanished. We're just living in this, I'm under threat all the time. And it becomes the norm. And our muscles, anything that becomes the norm, our brain takes that out of our conscious awareness. So we could be walking around with our shoulders lifted just one inch all the time because we're stressed or worried. And then our body will say, well, we don't have to think about lifting the shoulders anymore because we're doing that all the time. So it takes it out of our everyday awareness and frees up space for us to concentrate on something else. And people then will actually lose that sensory motor loop to the muscle. The muscle becomes chronically shortened and tight and we lose the memory of what it felt like to be lengthened. And so what somatic movement does is it 
enhances and wakes up that feedback loop. So through, through movement, specific movement, we can tune into how we are the ones tensing our shoulders. But that isn't enough. It's then reminding the body that this shortened muscle does have length to it and doing specific exercises then to lengthen out that muscle. And the more that you practice this, like I practice it, it's my way of life. Like you've become aware of this tension in your stomach. So that's great because you're an aware person. And I'm aware now that I do tense my shoulders and my jaw. So it doesn't mean that once I'm aware, I, I, I'm not ever going to do it again, but I can feel how I respond to things that are happening in my life. But now I have the ability to let it go. And I lie on my mat every morning and do specific routines for my areas of tension. And, and I will do that till the day I die. Yeah. There's also, you know, the myth of aging, like we, we associate certain postures with old people, like, you know, people walking with a cane, leaning over, really rounded in the shoulders. And gravity, I know, is, is a big part of our life, but it's blamed for a lot of things. It's like, as you get older, you can not escape this pull of gravity. And from all my research and my training, I've learned that that just isn't true. It's a fallacy. And that these bent over postures that we associate with aging are actually building up in us in our 20s, 30s, 40s, but we don't notice it because it's really subtle. There's this um, little story that demonstrates this. Maybe it's not a nice story, but if you put a frog in, you might have heard it, put a frog in a pan and start to boil the water, he won't notice. But if you just drop him straight into a boiling um, pan of water, he will notice straight away. And that's kind of what happens to us. Um, but it's not inevitable that we will end up with aches and pains and stiffness as we get older. And I really want to be living proof of that. So I want to age well and in harmony with my body and recognizing when my body is holding on to tension that it doesn't need to. Because we need stress. As we know, stress is important. It gets us through our lives. But it's the fact that we don't let it go once we've finished that task or whatever it is. Mm, yeah, we've almost... Um lost that ability and again what you're really talking about there is this gaining this self-awareness and it is just about again like you say that bringing the awareness to your body and and developing that connection to yourself and really with anything that you're trying to change uh bringing awareness is the very first step to take and then from there you can decide if you want to do something about it or not um, it's really interesting what you were saying there about how, yeah, when you're older, that isn't necessary. That isn't doesn't mean you're going to end up all hunched over and, you know, like you see a lot of elderly people um, and how it does start early on. So, well, there's a couple of things that I wanted to ask you there, but one of them was, I think, because a lot of what you're talking about is is stress from the external world and holding on to that stress. 
Um, and we are completely overstimulated. There's too much. I personally, and I teach this, try to cut out as much noise as possible. I very, I try, I'm terrible with my phone at the moment, hands up, addicted, total addiction here. But um, I don't watch TV. I spend time in nature and I meditate every day as well. And one of the things I do to reduce stress is the meditation and is the breath work. And I know that breath work is something that you bring into your practice. So, you know, I, I'm just thinking about the fact that the breathing is a wonderful way to eliminate stress and is a biohack to, to any pain, to any trauma, to any energetic blocks that you have. And it's really good tension release. So how does the breath work come into what you do? Yeah, I think my relationship with the breath has changed um, as my somatic journey has continued. Because a bit like when I, at the beginning of the um, podcast, I was saying about people can do well-being, but it might it might just be in a superficial way. And I think with the breath, there's a danger of this as well. Like say someone can sit down on their mat and take time to slow their breath down, which is of course going to help the nervous system and practice their breath holes. This is what I do. You know, I'm trying to increase my CO2 tolerance. But if you're not engaging your whole core whilst you're breathing and by core I don't just mean the the nice six-pack muscle that looks good on certain people there's a whole we are a pressure canister system our abdominal pressure helps us engage our whole balance system engage our whole musculoskeletal system helps us move efficiently so people could be practicing breath work, but their rib cage not be expanding in a 360 degree manner. They might be still breathing with the front of their body. We tend to be, of course, we're a forward facing being. So we go through life walking forwards, but we're actually a three dimensional being. Every single organ in our body is three dimensional. And I think people, what would be a good aspect to make sure when you're doing your breath work is your rib cage expanding in the back as well there's a whole host of muscles the transversus abdominis our obliques our intercostals and just loads and loads that are involved in breathing if we aren't using that system correctly and coordinated you can be as strong you know you can imagine someone who goes to the gym a lot has really big pronounced muscles but if they're not breathing with the whole of their trunk, they're not strong, they're inhibited. So it's about coordination of the, of the breathing mechanics and then using your breath. That's, that's another aspect of it, using the breath, you know, extending your exhale, of course, puts you more into a rest and digest. If you want to wake up, you, you focus on your inhale. But just make sure that you're breathing in a functional way to begin with. Otherwise, you're actually just training yourself to breathe in um, a dysfunctional way. And you think that you're training your breath, but you might not be if you, if you don't fully understand what needs to happen in the breath. Um, when we breathe, we should be able to maintain our trunk breathing in a, in a coordinated manner when we're 
moving, when we're breathing, and to help us to be stable in our, in our body. And if we're breathing like that, then a lot of the other things will just kind of take care of themselves. Because people can put themselves into fight or flight by only breathing into their upper chest, as I'm sure you know. So when people are worried or stressed, they start. And that can become a habit, just breathing into your shoulders. So your diaphragm, you know, this is an interesting point. Like The diaphragm is one of the most wonderful muscles in our body. So you can go to the gym and you can go on the leg press. You can do bicep curls. But where's the diaphragm machine? You know, without this muscle, we would die if it stops working like the heart. The heart and the diaphragm, that's it. Yet we don't really think about our diaphragm. And people, when, when people first come to me for, um, you know, the somatics and the singing and we go through what's actually happening in the body. And I love just going through the basics with people because people say, I had no idea that's where my diaphragm was. I had no idea it was that high up in my body. I imagined it did this when I, when I uh, took a breath or I've never thought about it in my life. And as soon as you have an idea of, what your body is trying to do to keep you stable, to keep your posture strong, to allow you to move through life in a really engaged, thoughtful way with your whole body, then this the diaphragm is integral to all that, as long as it's being engaged properly and fully. And it is engaged all the way around our ribcage, of course. So if we're not moving the back of our body, then, you know, it's, it's a muscle like any other muscle, so it will get weak. Mm, it makes me feel like I've been doing it all wrong. <laughs> yeah. Come and see me, darling. I'll sort you out. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. To be honest, I mean, I've, I've had singing lessons. I actually like to sing. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I'm that good. I'm okay. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> you know, we did speak about the diaphragm in that, but that's about the only time that yeah. I've thought about my diaphragm you know you don't think about I guess you don't think about parts of your body during the day <laughs> you know your day-to-day -day, especially your diaphragm yeah. and so it feels like what you're saying there is that yeah if you if you don't know how to breathe properly then you are not going to lower your stress levels right yeah so you can do all the breath work that you want but ultimately if you're inhibiting the movement of the muscles that should be moving when you're breathing, it's you're building it on a house of cards, a bit like the whole well-being thing. If you're not, if you're trying to be well, but you're not listening to your body and you don't know that you're inhibiting the full functional movement of your body. Of course, I'm not saying that then there's no point in doing breath work because it's all going to help, but just to maybe understand that there's there's deeper layers to this. And to become aware of that, so you can um, you can you can adapt your your morning practice or whatever people do to include the mechanics of the body, because it's our greatest ally, isn't it? It's our vessel for this life, and we need to really look after it. We only get one, and um, and we take it for granted, and we think it'll always be there for us. And I just wish I'd um, discovered all this when I was a lot younger. I would have. Um, made my life a lot easier because I, I struggled through life in my younger years because I didn't have any of this knowledge. Mm. And even though I was a performer, I wasn't breathing properly. 
And even as a singing teacher for years, I kind of knew the mechanics of breath, but I realized that when I left my singing studio, I went back to breathing shallowly. Yeah, yeah. It's relatively recently that I've pennies dropped and I've been like, oh, because this pressure system that I'm talking about, like from your pelvic floor up to your larynx helps you through life in every aspect. And you can use it to, it helps us walk well, our, our spine mobility. If, if our pressure system is, um, there's a lot of, there's a lot of forces to cope with in a body, isn't there? And there's a lot of systems going on all the time. And if these systems can't function at the same time, like if you can't breathe well and move at the same time, and so as soon as you start to try and sing or you're exercising, everything goes to pot, then we're in danger of hurting ourselves. Yeah. And this is the thing, like, you know, what I teach is holistic well-being. Um, and we've this is a really good point for everyone to hear is that we are a whole being <laughs> and everything is connected. And I can't stress that point enough. I talk about this a lot, but we have to understand that one thing impacts everything in our body, your mind, your body, your soul. It's not just a question of I'm going to get this bit right. I'm going to get this bit right. Um, you can't just pay attention, you know, to one thing. And everybody wants this simple answer to, to feel well, to feel energized and happy, but it's everything mm. and it's your whole being. And so even if you, I guess even if you brought yourself what I call into alignment where everything is working at a level that that serves you and your body, mind and soul best, mm. even just a, doing a little bit of that and having a general awareness of, you know, each part of you, that's going to help you more than just focusing on one bit. doesn't mean okay. you have to do it all in one go, but it's just to have that awareness that everything really is connected and we forget this yeah. and so i think that's why i love the work that you do because you know you've got the the movement in there you've got the breath you've got the voice you've got all these different components and so i mean what what are the the, the practices that someone listening could do daily to you know help your mu muscles elongate to breathe correctly and to generate more awareness is there is there any sort of practical simple exercises that can be done daily that would work for everyone yeah so um on my instagram i started doing this thing called functional friday so uh, which is a practical thing and i wanted it to be exactly how you just said you know something that was accessible and easy and quick for people to start implementing in their life um yeah so they had more chance of doing it so I do body awareness in the time it takes to boil the kettle. So this is because somatics and awareness of our muscles is something that we hopefully wear carrying around with us all the time. So that's the biggest thing, first of all. Don't see it as something maybe like yoga or Pilates, that you go to a class, you lie down, you become aware of your body for that hour, and then you leave and you kind of leave your awareness in that studio as well. So somatics is more about... A, a whole mindset, a whole lifestyle change. So you'll still carry on your life exactly as you are. But for example, next time someone boils the kettle, why not just take 
that minute to just close your eyes and start to breathe and become aware of what you can feel in your body. Like you can't improve your movement until you feel how you're moving. So start with at your feet and just start thinking about where is the weight in my feet? And you might notice that it's more on one side than the other, which straight away tells you that further up your body, further up the kinetic chain, there's some kind of misalignment. There's a dysfunction somewhere. And I think nearly everyone who tries this will find there's a discrepancy in their weight. So then think, is my weight forward or back? Depending on if your weight is more forward into your toes or back into your heels is giving you loads of information about where your pelvis is orientated in space. If your pelvis isn't neutral, you'll be getting back pain, hip pain, head pain, head, headaches, shoulder pain. It affects the whole structure because like we've talked about, you can't have an ache in one part of your body and it not be affecting the whole system. Our body is um, a structure. You know those um, like bridges that are uh, suspension bridges where you've got the um, you've got the tension keeping the structure strong. Well, that's what the human body is like. It needs to work in this way that it's a dynamic structure. Of course, it's moving constantly, but it's kept in balance by um, a balance in, in, in the tension in the body. So if you have got if your pelvis is tilted forward, for example, you'll be tight in your lower back. So the rest of the suspension bridge, the rest of the structure cannot then function properly. It's inhibited. So stress will then show itself throughout the whole body. Um, so to, to start becoming aware of this is the first step. So taking these moments throughout the day to analyze where your weight is, then bring that information up your body. So how is that related to where your pelvis is? If your pelvis were a bowl of water, would the water be tipping out the front towards your feet or the back towards your heels? Try and get a sense of where your pelvis is and then come up to your rib cage. Does your rib cage flare out? Because if flaring ribs is very common, if your rib cage is flared out, the diaphragm is not functioning at 100%. It just can't because it's not under tension 360 degrees round. The back will be inhibited and you're breathing more in the front of the body. If your rib cage is compressed down, then of course there's no space for the diaphragm to fully contract and lengthen as you're breathing. And because the spine, of course, is connected way down into the sacrum and all the way up to your skull, if the pelvis isn't aligned, then that is going to be pulling your spine, which will make your skull not sit fully on your cervical spine. It might be going forward. Forward head posture is so common in our society with phones. My my sons have got it and I'm trying to get them to listen to me, but of course they won't, not yet anyway. And um, Or you might be looking above the horizon rather than on it. So the first thing is to actually acknowledge and become aware and tune in to your body. Another thing I really recommend is standing up against a door and seeing, does your pelvis, what's touching? Is your pelvis touching? 
Are your scapula, your shoulder blades touching? Is your skull touching? And most people will find they're quite shocked when they do that because a lot of people, they just will never do this in their life. And they suddenly go, oh, my head's really far forward. I had no idea. So once you're aware of these discrepancies in your body, then when clients come to me, I can design a set of movements. So first of all, they're mat based lying on the ground, but ultimately we're standing, walking human beings. So we bring them up and do exercises on their feet as well. But to begin with, we're lying down on the mat. Areas in people's bodies that are inhibited, i.e. their muscles are short, we do a thing called pandiculation. So it's not stretching, like stretching, I, I mean, I nearly trained as a yoga teacher, but I've I've completely changed my views on stretching. And I think, you know, I have lots of friends who do yoga, so it's, I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but if people are stretching to relieve tension and correct posture, from what I know, that is never going to work because you're not actually retraining the muscle. So say you've got a really tight, contracted muscle, you go to a class and you try and lengthen that short contracted muscle, we have embedded in every single muscle something called the stretch reflex. It stops us from overstretching our muscles because you can imagine without that, we would go through life kind of overstretching all the time and hurting ourselves. So when you stretch, the body's wisdom will tell the muscle to contract. So when you're stretching, you're actually in battle with what your body wants to do and it might feel good at the time because you will loosen the joint a bit and it feels lengthened but ultimately your body doesn't want to want your uh, muscles to be um, to open to be overly stretched and once you finish that stretch it will go back to its pre-stretch length which was contracted so what somatic movement does is instead of stretching the muscle we go into the contraction pattern so we contract it even more this wakes up the brain's feedback system, that sensory motor loop, so that we're really, and we'll, we'll, we will go into a bit of discomfort so we can feel the tension. Then from that place, we do exercises that will lengthen out the muscle. And then you just rest and you allow the brain to tune into, oh, okay. I didn't realize we were holding this muscle tight. So now I remember it's got this length to it. And then you'll repeat that. Make it really, really short. And we'll choose a pattern that is specific to the person. So if someone's got a tight back, we'll do an exercise called an arch where you're just lying on the floor and then you're rolling your pelvis forward, increasing the arch, increasing your area of dysfunction. But then from there, lower the pelvis back down lengthening all the muscles in the back of your body that are causing that pelvis to tilt forward and then like anything repeat 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 and the body will learn that so it will drop the pelvis back into its alignment and then from there that will affect the way that you use your feet that will affect your rib cage that will affect your skull so we always start with the pelvis as well the middle of the body our center of gravity and get that working well and then we'll move out into the peripheries wow that's so fascinating i know but i don't know if i'll give you like something practical people can do because but i think just these little awareness drills you know just becoming aware and how people carry their bags 
Like I would say, never carry a bag on one shoulder ever. Get a crossbody, a little crossbody. And girls never wear heels. Maybe in the bedroom, but apart from that, no. <laughs> yeah, I've heard that before about bags, and yeah, I, I've buggered up my shoulder before. I remember at school because it was the fashion, wasn't it, to wear your backpack on your rucksack on one one shoulder. And yeah, I remember feeling that pain in my back. Um, but that's so interesting, like what you say about this contraction and expansion, because that's also like a law of the universe as well, isn't it? And I love that, that it, you know, it, it, it really comes into, into our, our physiology as well. Mm -hmm. Um, and it is, it is that, yeah, that beautiful thing, you know, there's something I always say, you can only go as low as, uh, sorry, you can only go as high <laughs> as you go low. Yeah. And yeah, it, it's, it seems to be, yeah, just this common theme throughout life and certainly in my my whole life <laughs> scorpio ascendant over here has been about contraction and expansion and overcoming the shadow and get, moving from the dark to the light and then oh there's a new problem so yeah i can really really relate to that and it makes a lot of sense yeah. um yeah i think it's really really important for people to hear all this and also it, it sounds very practical to me like when i'm hear you talking and explaining it it seems very, very logical. And I feel like a lot of people are really going to be able to grasp what you're saying. And I'm sure they're going to be able to take this information away and actually start straight away, like to connect to their body and assess. And I think yeah. that's wonderful. I hope so. And like you say, it's relatively easy. This is why it's a life passion of mine to spread the word about somatics. I don't understand why it isn't like, available on the NHS. Why when people, you know, if you go to the doctor with a knee problem, you'll get painkillers potentially for your knee. And maybe they'll say, wear a, a brace around your knee, rest it, maybe stop running for a bit. But they won't ever say, well, hang on, why is your knee like this? Let's have a look at the whole body and see what's causing this knee issue. Because knee issues are inevitable unless you've had a specific accident coming from your pelvis it can't not be can it because that's how the leg is coming out of your pelvis and how is it meeting the floor and if, if you're not using your body if you're not using your pressure system as well how you how you breathe if you're not breathing with your whole rib cage then you might get bad knees because they are taking the brunt of the the, the shock as we're running through life mm. but that's not just the knees fault that's that's further up the chain um, so it is a dream of mine to try and get this recognized by the NHS because it would save so much money ultimately as well. And people could avoid um, surgeries. And, you know, we, we can heal ourselves on so many levels and we just need to take responsibility and accountability for ourselves, how we're using our body day in, day out, what we're asking it to do, but then use the flexibility and the adaptability in the body to our advantage. And that I don't get a chance to do somatics every day, but because I'm aware, um, I know when I really need to, and I can just do five minutes, or if I've got more time, I can do a full hour or half an hour. It's very flexible as well. Just starting with a five minute practice um, would be really beneficial. Yeah, flexible, no pun intended there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think um yeah, that's a really good point and unfortunately, you know, obviously for acute problems, um the healthcare system is is wonderful 
and but but what it's very good at doing is masking the pain but never dealing with the root cause and i've spoken a lot of uh, with a lot of like fdns about this you know functional diagnos diagnostic nutrition doctors yeah. and um i think that's a really important point for people to hear too is that yes you can take painkillers um but that's not going to deal with the issue and there is this responsibility like if you don't take accountability for your own well-being every aspect of it then you are going to see complications very likely later on in life yeah. um it's like you were saying earlier about how you know when you're elderly you know you don't have to end up all crippled mm -hmm. over and hunched over if you start actually looking after yourself now um and this is what i teach and it is that lifestyle change um but yeah people people are not aware of that so i don't think it's people's fault because they haven't been educated on it and again that comes back to what you were saying about putting this into our school system and i feel the same as you i feel like we need to understand straight away about the fact that everything's connected and it's not a hippy dippy thing it's just the way it is right and and anyway, I could go off on one here, but the science is catching up to the woo now anyway. So if you want to go down the spirituality route too, well, you can find a lot of science that backs up a lot of what people have been saying for a long, long time. And even like Ayurveda, for example, well, you know, that's like an ancient yeah. system that's what over 5,000 years old. It's like, why are we not paying attention to this wisdom we've lost that information it seems well not everybody but the majority um yeah. so yeah and it's just like i personally feel like the world that we're living in is not serving our highest interest our, our best self it it's it's all i don't want to say i don't want to offend people but i feel like it's a fear-based society it's all about money and it's all about quick fixes and nobody wants to do the work anymore. And unfortunately, you know, I was listening to a podcast the other day. And if you look at like um, cavemen, you know, the, the times when we were living in caves and all of that, well, they were incredibly strong, incredibly healthy. Um, you even go to the Amazon right now. And I've heard people talking about how the Amazon, some of the Amazonians are like the strongest. There's a woman who's like in her 60s, 70s, and she's so strong and she'll like, you know, run for 10 miles, walk 20,000 steps every day. And because they're living this active, healthy lifestyle um, and doing what their bodies were designed to do. So, you know, it's just a good point to say that it really is about our lifestyle choices. And I personally feel that what we're doing is not working it's not serving us and it's setting us back and it's causing us more ailments more pain and more distress i know i mean on you know the, the wider picture i do think the world is in a complete mess and it's really sad isn't it and we, we have to do the best that we can do and for the future generations like you know like i said i'm raising two boys and i feel maybe this is do i really feel this i feel like I, if i I don't know if I would choose to have children if I were them. And I know that's a big thing to say, but I don't know. I, um, you know, my, my boys, they um, they don't even go out much. 
they don't play out, you know, they, because they're always, they're communicating with their friends, but on their devices and over, you know, playing Xbox. And what is that doing to our nervous systems? You know, I explained to my youngest that his nervous system hasn't evolved for hundreds of thousands of years. First of all, he just doesn't believe me. He thinks I'm talking rubbish. And I say that your nervous system, when you're playing these fighting, killing games on the Xbox, you your body thinks that's really happening to you. And he doesn't get that as well. He doesn't realize that the body doesn't know the difference between pretend stress and real stress. It just reacts to stress. And it worries me so much. And yeah, this is just another really sad aspect of our environment that where's it gonna go? I don't I don't know. Yeah, we don't know. And now there's AR and oh my God, I can't even. <laughs> oh, it's a huge problem. But there, there was a there's a theme that's been running throughout this whole conversation. And that theme is balance, right? Yeah. And, and so, you know, everything that you said and everything that I teach, we're always going to experience the highs and the lows, the opposites in life. But it seems that the way when we operate best is when we can come back to that place of balance and stability um and yeah it's like i say it's not always going to be the case but i think that when you actually find that it opens up a whole new level of well-being that you've never experienced before and that's what i found in my journey as well and you know i'm I'm still fighting my way back to the middle, to the to the equilibrium. Um, and that's fine. That's normal. And there's going to be new challenges that come. So I think, yeah, it really is about balance, what you're talking about. And yeah, just creating a lifestyle that works for you, works for your body, mind and soul and enables you to get the best out of life and enjoy yourself. <laughs> Yeah, well, it's when you use the word balance because my movement program that I offer is called In Balance. Amazing. And, yeah. Um, and like you say, we have to, you know, unless we we leave society and go and live in the countryside somewhere and, and take ourselves away, we have to be involved in this these stressful situations day in, day out. So like you say, it's taking part in society, doing what we can to, to be the best people we can be and ethical in our lives and decisions and, and in service to others and doing these little self-care things that just keep bringing us back to something deeper in our bodies, not our brains. We can be in our thinking heads too much, but feeling more. Yeah. Listening to the innate wisdom of the body. And a, a quote that I heard, something like, if you don't make time to listen to the body, you will have to make time later on for illness. And that's it, isn't it? This is yeah. why I like to live in the jungle. And uh, I like, <laughs> <laughs> I like to lead a lifestyle because it literally is me just, I don't want to sound like I'm ignorant of the rest of the world, but for the sake of my own well-being and for the sake of, me growing as a person and being able to help others that's what benefits me best so i can just live very simply because we don't need all this stuff we don't need all this stimulation and jungle life has taught me that you know it's basic over there it's not easy um and it's not meant to be you know sometimes you may wake up with a scorpion on your arm or you know which has happened to me um in the morning very scary 
um and you know you're there's floods there because it's tropical weather and you know it's not it's not the easiest lifestyle um but it's it's simple and there's good people and just oh yeah you know and so for me anyway i'm not going to go off on one about costa rica i know you have a love of costa rica too. <laughs> yeah um, but yeah it is it is like making your life less complicated less stressful and since i've been there it's actually a blue zone as well so people live longer there where, where i live in guanacaste um but you do just feel so much better you know a lot of people go there to heal um a lot of people go there to heal and i you know it, it makes a lot of sense <laughs> yeah absolutely well um finally lauren i've i've loved this conversation like i'm trying not to keep it going because i want to but yeah it's just the so many, yeah so many aspects we could carry on talking about isn't there so many um but finally i'd love for you to share what's the one piece of advice that you now know that you wish you had known growing up oh wow um well make time throughout your day to just spend listening to your body, like start meditating, even if it is just putting your timer on for one minute and just sitting somewhere and closing your eyes and tune into your body and just listen and feel. Because deep inside there is an authenticity that has the answers, the wisdom, and a trust, like try and get to who you really are without the way you look, without your makeup, without this, without that, without your partner, without your job, who deep, deep down, what is that relationship you have with your body? Like, you know, we can go around calorie counting all the time or always trying to lose weight or always putting ourselves down for not looking how we want to look. And I'm guilty of this all the time as well. But I know when I'm doing it and it's this self-talk that we need to interrupt and just get down to, to our truth. And I think that's where well-being is, right in there, right in the heart, really. I think it, for me, it's the heart. Yeah, just sit down and spend some time with your heart. I wish I'd taken time to do that when I was younger. Mm, me too. And that's Ignored my body. I ignored my body. Yeah, I think we all do. We all do when we're younger and we just have that you know <laughs> that that natural health that you have when you're younger if you're lucky enough to have that and that vivacity and and yeah we just take it for granted don't we but yeah. that is so beautiful and yeah I completely agree um there's something that's really been drawing my attention lately to the heart space and that is an area that I'm actively working on like I said earlier, opening up and tuning into, and there is a lot of truth there. I've spoken to a lot of other people on this show um, about that. Um, and so, yeah, if you go back through the episodes, um, you will hear all the interviews that talk about that too. And yeah, oh, it's so beautiful. So thank you very, very much for coming onto the, onto the show. I've loved having you as a guest. What a wonderful conversation. You're so informative. Like, I feel like everybody just needs to go to you right now, sort their posture out, find out where their imbalances are, 
get back in balance and yeah I think the work you're doing is amazing um so thank you <laughs> thank you I've really enjoyed chatting chatting to you it's been really easy and lovely thank you very much that's lovely to hear. And where's the best place for everybody to find you? If you want to shout out your links. So on Instagram, I am Lauren Flack Coach. Um, my website is laurenflack.co.uk. Um, yeah, that's it really. Or lauren at laurenflack.co.uk if people want to email me. But I would, I love to hear from anyone. I'm a real people person and I love hearing about people's challenges in their life, what they're, what things that they really, you know, in their body, aches and pains that I can help with because this is where I learn my craft more and more as well. The more people that I can help, um, the more I'm spreading the word and uh, the more I learn. So I just love it. So please reach out anyone. Yay, reach out to Lauren. She's amazing. <laughs> <Thank you. laughs> well, sending you lots of love and wonderful to talk to you today. And you. Take care, love. Have a good day. Bye. Oh, how lovely is Lauren. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening today. I really appreciate you joining me here. And thank you if you are a regular listener of the show. It means the world to me. If you would like to get in contact with Lauren, all her details are in the show notes below. All my details are also there. And you can also find now my free masterclass on overcoming life's challenges and building more self-confidence. And it is completely free. So that is my gift to you as a thank you for being a listener of the show. And now I'd like to leave you with a final message. Learning to trust yourself is such a power move. You spent your entire life doubting and worrying, in part because you didn't have faith in yourself, but also because you didn't recognise the underlying non-physical force of energy that brought you into this existence. Now that you acknowledge more of the depths of who you are, it's time to raise your standard of self-awareness to match your infinite potential. Be so divinely in tune with yourself that nothing shakes you. Sending you so much love, everyone. Ciao for now. Mm -hmm.